You want to find your tribe of raving fans. I'm going to help you do it. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 316 Media, where we help you do better business. Hey everybody, this is Justin Lamb, and you're watching episode 15 of Digging Deep, where we help business owners build better businesses. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Allison Brand, a good friend of mine from Rex Marketing and Design. She's been in the industry for just a little bit over a decade. She's a youngin. She looks at her. She's got that baby face still. Um, and she's uh, she's been impacting business owners, especially through this time of COVID, um, where she's helping empower them and uh, making them run better businesses. So welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you. You've already flattered me. You said a decade and it's been two decades. Oh, yes, it is. Sorry. Two decades. But I, I, I don't apologize. <laughs> I will take 10 years off that any day. Uh, yeah, spring chicken. This is the shitty part about a live show. But oh, anyways, keep going through it. <laughs> I love it. So how, how are things uh, as you're transitioning through COVID and helping um, some of your clients? Uh, I'm going to say that I'm actually in that um, flow again. I want to say integrating into whatever this is called, this new normal. Um, I did like everybody did, I think a, a bit of an about face or an abrupt sit up in my chair. What the heck is going on when COVID first hit and I sent my team home and we're working remotely. And I think for a, a short period of time, there was a bit of denial, like we'll be back, you know, in a few weeks and that didn't happen. And now a few months later, I, I want to say a few weeks back, I was like, well, I'm not waiting anymore this is what we've got to deal with. And so let's figure out how to move through this, um, grow through this even. And, uh, and so now I feel pretty firmly in an inspired spot and ready to see what I can do in my business and, and by extension um, for other people's businesses. Yeah, I think it's a, a really interesting time and it really puts the um, people through their paces as business owners in terms of understanding you know, where their business really is um, in, in, in a journey of a business owner. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, marketing plays such a big role in that. And of course, now that the big part of the shock is, is kind of out of the system, um, people are, you know, trying to come to grips with reality. And so what type of uh, issues have you uh, and your firm been working on uh, in terms of helping clients uh, manage that? Mm -hmm. I think they generally fall into two categories. One is that COVID has essentially ceased their operation um, or brought it down to 10 or 15% their ability to generate revenue. And with those clients, if they've been in our, um, in our files, you know, their relationship that we've had for a long time, you don't worry about billable hours. You just do what you can to support them in their pivot to generate any revenue that you, that they can to kind of just pay rent or keep the lights on so that they can come back when we are not, you know, physically separated from people. You know, these are businesses that rely, you know, catering companies and restaurants where they rely on people coming in and yes, they can earn money with these uh, pickup strategies and delivery strategies, but it's not the same. So we're just plugging the holes and trying to help those people get the word out. Um, and the other category would be businesses that, either have found a great new opportunity in the COVID climate, their business is really aligned to the COVID climate and they can, they can capitalize, you know, anytime during a downturn, um, 
that you have the runway to market, to advertise, you can make up great market share. So we've been helping in that. Um, and then there are, I think, are there, I'm going to say, I don't know what I said, there was two categories, but I'm going to say there's a third. A third one is just people who have had a little bit of time to assess how their business was before. And, you know, the little extra time to think about whether or not that's the business that they want to perpetuate or if they just want to tweak that vision a little bit. So just helping them that with that positioning and what is the brand and how would we get the word out there and how would we tell our clients about that change, those sorts of things. Um, those would be the main areas, main areas that people are looking for help, I would say. Hmm. And so I know that one of the ways that you get, you've been doing that is something that was in the works prior to COVID happening, but uh, kind of uh, somebody dumped kerosene on that fire uh, and, and you, you did it. And, and actually you started the day that the, the, the city oh. locked down, um, but you have, you have a, a marketing course. Yes. And so tell, yeah. tell, tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. Well, as, as you say, we started the course the idea of the course long before COVID, this has been in the work, we're in the works a while, but um, we have a full service agency and we help companies. I always say when they don't know what to do, you know, where to focus, what to say in their marketing, we are tactic agnostic. Uh, they come to us to help them define their position in the best way to present their company, to understand their audience and connect the two. And so we, we do that full service. Um, and of course, a full service solution, uh, is taxing on time and investment. So, you know, that there's two limiting factors there. A lot of companies could really use the help of an agency to help them define the best way to position their company, the best way to talk about their company, the best way to connect with their audience, a way to understand their audience. Um, and then as an agency, who's really not driven to do more marketing strategies, but is driven to really help small business grow. And I've got a whole passion around that. That's a long story. We were, were really driven um, to do that. The course was the idea, the, the idea of the course, I should say, was really so we could expand our reach and help more businesses. Um, and as you said, we, we've been working on this for a while and it was March 16th was the launch day and <laughs> smack dab in the midst of, of COVID. And I considered whether or not this would be something people need and, um, and, I, and I learned that it's been something people need more than ever. Um, and and the, the whole idea of the course is that we teach small business owners who can't afford the $20,000 or $30,000 barrier to entry of working with a full service agency where the agency goes away and does all the market research and does all of the positioning and does all of the brand strategy. We teach them step-by-step step how to do those bits of the, of the puzzle so that they are no longer guest marketing or reverse engineering what their um, you know, competitors are doing. And so you know, that's been, that's been uh, a rewarding experience to, to help any small business with, but I wanna say the uh, unintended benefit has been that we've had small businesses who signed up for the course pre-COVID and uh, you know, one of them is a gym. They own a few locations. They're all shut down. He's probably going to have to close one of his locations. Well, that's how, how does marketing fit into that? Well, marketing maybe doesn't fit into you closing a gym, but um, understanding your brand strategy and what to tell the world about your direction going forward so that you can save the rest of your business comes into that picture. So we've really been 
um, I want to say the timing of it has been helpful for, for more than just helping entrepreneurs market. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who are listening to this um, really should understand that uh, it didn't mean that you ran a bad business. I mean, COVID is one of those um, freak instances. Um, mm. it, it certainly put tests uh, to your business. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people might take it personally, like, did they, did their business fail? Mm. And I don't think that that's the case. Um, it just, it happened to be uh, a, a world incident, um, something circumstantial and, you know, now they're just having to, you know, focus and, and maneuver through that. And, you know, if for whatever reason a person does have to close, um, that is not a poo-poo that you didn't do yeah. it right. Well, so, you know, yeah. listen, I mean, these businesses that are closing, they're not bad businesses. They are just simply set up to serve human beings who come into a closed location and are in close proximity. A gym has a lot of overhead in those rents. Um, and you know, the, the, I want to say the circulated air system that they have in gyms and, you know, catering companies and restaurants, the overhead just to keep the space sitting there until people can come back to it is crippling when you're making zero to 10 or 15% of your regular revenue. So I hope none of those people feel as though this is a failure. Um, this is absolutely the definition of, I think of the black swan type event that we hear, like there's no way to, to, to forecast this. Yeah. You can't really forecast it and you can't really defend too much about it. So then about your course and, you know, being a person who, you know, obviously entered this course in a, in a very kind of tumultuous time, mm. you know, how do you get over the, um, the fear the, the, the positioning, you know, for where you're wanting to help people. And of course, mm. some people perceive it as, uh, you know, are you taking advantage of us at, during this time? You know, mm. how did how did you you know deal with with those emotions and and um, you know work through that sort of stuff as you were putting out your course? It's a great question. Um, you and I have been in this game a while, Justin, and there's a lot of swindlers out there. There's a lot of really crappy marketing courses that are just sales pitches for books or other products, and my fear of being lumped in with that category actually stopped me for years from creating my course. Now that fear also drove me to create a better course, I think, um, because I just wanted it to be different. I wanted it to be valuable. So there was fear even before I launched. Um, but since I launched, you know, I've been leaning on my team when we do our daily huddles on zoom you know, and like, how, how was the course last night? Cause we just delivered the course last night and uh, we're halfway through the first cohort. How did it go? And I said, well, I got some great feedback and, and you know, this and this was positive. And then the, the conversation switches to next week's lesson plan. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm freaking out. I got to get to work guys. I got work to do. They're like, you freak out every week. I'm like, yeah, I do. And I think, you know, the lesson for anybody in business really is that no matter how long you've been doing something, I've been doing this for 21 years. What I'm teaching is my IP and this process that's won 18 international awards. Like it's, I know how to do it. Right. But whenever you're in a new zone, you're outside your comfort zone. So it's the cliche. Um, if you're somebody who cares about your impact, if you're somebody who cares about the quality of what you do, you're, you're going to be nervous. And, and I remember back to my, my mom, my mom said to me, 
as a young girl, I would, I would cry every night before my piano recital or every night before my big dance recital. And I'd be so nervous. And I did a lot of performance, dance and um, piano and, and did sports. And I, I felt, felt a lot of pressure, right, the day before. And she used to always say, you know what, it's okay, honey, if you weren't nervous, it means you don't respect your audience or you don't respect your team. And so I, I hang on to that. And um, it doesn't mean that the stress and the worries don't, don't uh, affect me. But I really do believe that that's true. When you're somebody who cares, you're going to be nervous. It's funny that you say that because um, as you've launched this, um, I've been working on that similar path mm. in the last little while. And I get, yeah. I get nervous. Um, and putting yourself out there, I think, for anybody who has something uh, and who's deeply passionate about it, I think mm. we all have that feeling of, uh, I think of it as imposter syndrome. It's like, am I really am I really um, putting out something that's going to be of value to people? And, you know, who am I to tell somebody, you know, what we've been doing much like you um, mm. this over and over again. And that fear is, is paralyzing to some degree. So, um, you know, for those people who are putting out courses, I think one of the things that, you know, we need to look at is this is a, a natural human response, mm. right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think if you're creating anything, it's your baby. When you're when you're sharing anything that is your idea or your creation, there's nervousness. Um, you know, I think you know. I, I think about I think about this whole idea of imposter syndrome, and and yeah, I think I just keep going back to the idea that if you weren't nervous, then you probably don't have a high enough level of integrity about the value that you want to offer. You, know, you just want it to land. You just want it to make a difference for someone. And you don't want to be one of those people who's out there selling their three tips too, or their, you know, this is this way to the 700, to, you know, seven times your, uh, all these crappy claims. These you want to be 10x something? Oh, 10x. That's the one. Yeah. 10x your revenue next week. Like, ah, I see that again. I feel a little bit of a throw up coming up in the throat when I, I hear know. about it. I had a real 7x moment in my business with a part of my strategy and I struggled so hard like do I even talk about it because I don't want to sound <laughs> you don't want to sound like that person <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's that's super hard so then you know I think with all um market trends and market shifts mm. uh every industry goes through some sort of transition so mm. at one point um uh, you know you had the dot com and all of a sudden you know uh the 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 cream of the crop rose and 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 came through with that in photography it was the first wave of photographers and then moving to video uh and and in the last little while the pivot has you know taken design you know using InDesign, illustrator photoshop and now players like canva um mm -hmm. are showing up on the scenes and so many people are trying to bootstrap it and i think mm -hmm. what i wanted is do is kind of banter a little bit about you know, the value of having something like Canva for the small business owner who can't mm -hmm. afford, you know, agencies like, like you or I, um, you know, and, and that's, you know, doing their own YouTube videos and doing their own, you know, photos or using uh, Unsplash or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, what's your take on, on those tools that are available in the market? And, you know, what do, 
you know, people in our industries uh, need to do to step up so that we can show them that there is value in having an agency behind them and that Canva um, isn't the end all, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love those tools. Uh, we encourage our clients when we're working with them uh, to embrace the tools. We create templates within Canva so that our clients can uh, leverage you know, the work that we've done and create more deliverables, more content, um, either as needed or to support a strategy that we've developed. Um, I, I think it's great. And I think it's just, you know, in terms of, you know, professionals in our industry, designers or marketers or what have you, I think the, the game hasn't changed. We always should have been um, the expert that provides the context and the strategy of how to use that tool and how to create value for your audience with this quote unquote stuff you're making. Uh, I always call it stuff, you know, and, and people are often surprised that come to our needs assessment at Rex and I'm like, oh, you want a website? Are you sure? Because it's like, I'm not sure yet. Let me talk about your company and your objectives and your audience and how to connect those and like maybe it's a website but like let's figure that out you know so um i think it's incumbent upon us to really be thoughtful curious about the business and how we can add value to you know the move the needle for the objective it's not always new, uh, more revenue it can be many things right Yes, but how are we going to add value to that business? Like that's got to be our number one goal. Otherwise we are useless. We will be commoditized more and more and more. Like and the skill you. part, the, the doing part. Now that's not to say that there isn't an incredible value to a true designer. Like I'll be honest, I've designed for years. I got my start in design, but I, I'm not a trained graphic designer and I don't consider myself a designer. I consider myself a communicator who can put together pretty good design but I have a designer on my team who is a brilliant visual communicator. And the great thing about design, if there's a graphic designer out there feeling, you know, like, huh, what's my edge? Listen, be curious about the message you're communicating. So when you get a content brief and it has a certain headline, make sure you understand what that headline is intended to make somebody feel, and maybe you can add a tweak to it. Maybe you can eliminate a word. Maybe you can do something with an image that they thought they needed to do with a word. Be a visual problem solver, a visual communicator, and make that piece more powerful and emotive. That's what design can do. You know, in, in our world in marketing, if we can make somebody feel something, you are going to up your engagement, you know, way more than any specific way that you execute or, or um, distribute that piece of marketing is how it makes people feel. So I would also say lean into your skills as if you're a designer in being a visual communicator, not just a graphic designer who can make something look nice. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think when a person's coming to a design agency or a freelancer, you know, what you're, what you're really wanting to ask, and these are, I think the important questions is, you know, how is that person going to translate what's in here, what, what's in our head um, into something that, you know, is beyond what you can just put together on stuff, you mm -hmm. know, our IP, the, the creativity, um, you know, aspect of it is, is really what um, you're after. And you should be asking 
deeper questions about mm -hmm. you know the philosophies and the motives behind those things as visual communicators instead of can you build me a website well i mean it doesn't take a rocket scientist to build you a website but it does take uh, somebody special to really understand how to convey uh, and embody you know your secret sauce and be able to put mm -hmm. that onto a page so that the other person on the other side of that screen is able to to feel you absolutely and feel is the thing right because people don't make very they don't make logical decisions they make a gut decision and then they back it up with all of the logic that you provide afterwards and the features and advantages and benefits um absolutely and 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 i'll say about uh you know website design or um you know figuring out it's not like you say it's not just about a nice looking website you can get an amazing nice looking template for 35 dollars. it's nice looking and you could put whatever content on there it's never been cheaper or easier to spread the word so if your marketing isn't working it's not about you know how you're getting the word out there it's about the word as in like the content is it carrying the emotion is it carrying the impact that it needs to carry there's a really great video floating around on youtube i should send it to you in case there's a way to put a link somewhere near this podcast or video and it's the ad agency that did apple's 1984 macintosh commercial which oh, yes. goes down in history as the best ad ever created it started the super bowl ad trend it was the first ad to only ever be created for the super bowl when it actually in fact wasn't only created for the Super Bowl, it was pulled by execs at Apple because they thought that you should do what everyone else does, which was put a product, you, you had to have a product placement in the ad and this ad had no product anywhere. And they thought it was irresponsible. There's a great video talking about all of this and, uh, and how Steve Jobs knew that people don't buy computers, they buy the values of Apple and how Apple makes them feel about themselves. And it's so valuable to somebody who's thinking about how to market their business. And especially in this climate where you're going to have a lot of people panicking and selling, uh, you know, their wares and talking about the specific good, the you know, product that they're selling or the features and the advantages, and this is better and oh, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. If you can come out right now and make people feel something, whoo, the brand, the leap in, in the brand effect, we call it like that, that uh, brand awareness and all that kind of stuff. Woo, that's powerful. Yeah. And I believe brand is trumps everything at the end of it all. And so let's dive into that. So there's a difference between marketing and branding. Mm. Uh, marketing is the, 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 the presentation of uh, and distribution Well, advertising is technically the distribution, but marketing mm. is, is the presentation of that brand. Uh, but branding in itself is, a different animal and I think yeah. a lot of people who don't understand the difference they think that you know by putting up a website by putting out a flyer or whatever that's that's putting out a brand mm -hmm. and I have thoughts about brand but I want to I want to I want to get it from your perspective what do you think about what brand is mm -hmm. the first thing that I'll say is that it's not a logo and the second thing I'll say is your brand is not what you say it is. Your brand is what they say it is. And they is whomever, you know, your customer, your employees, the people out there. Um, I, I teach in my course, uh, like the big aha moment for these small business owners is 
I think as there's, there's these phases that a small business owner goes through. They start a business based on their vision and their passion or a skill that they have or an idea that they have. And they're so driven and so passionate. They get their business cards, they get their brochure, they get their website up, and none of those things are bad. When you're starting up a company, do what you gotta do. Bootstrap that thing, go for it. You know, and they get a few customers and they're like, I've got something here. This is my business, I'm gonna do this. And they immediately go, okay, I've got a handful of customers. I've got those from referrals and I've reached out to my whole network. It's time to blow this thing up. And they think marketing. And they think that at this phase, if I create enough stuff and if I put that stuff in front of enough people and I buy enough ads, all the people will start coming. And then they think if I do that long enough, step three will be all of a sudden I'll have built a brand, a brand awareness. People will know who I am because I've shown up consistently with the right colors and the right font and the right logo with enough stuff out there. And that's not what it is at all. Like the, this three phased uh, assumption is not what it is. It's not business, you know, established. I call it business evidence and then marketing and then brand awareness there's actually eight phases that I've clarified in our process at Rex that we call from business to brand. And there's a, a requirement in there to take your vision, divorce yourself from what you think your vision is and the impact of your vision and do some deep dives and heavy work, understanding your audience and not what they think about your industry, not what they think about your business, not what they think about your product, but what's happening in their life in and around the time they might consider your product? What is the conversation happening in their head? How are they feeling? What are their, obs their, their obstacles? What is the change that they seek? What's the underlying understanding, the things they aren't telling us that we need to know? And we need to be marketing to them about that conversation happening in their head. It's a difficult thing. People look at me like, well, how would you ever know that? That's like reading minds. And I'm like, no, you ask questions. People will tell you market research is just a fancy term for talking to people, you know? And so the whole idea of building a brand, you know, my belief about what a brand is, is it is this entity that exists between an audience and its customers. And it is something that is created between the two of you. You do not have a brand until you have an audience, right? So if you want to create a brand, you must create a relationship with your audience and implant a belief in their mind about who you are, what you do, why you exist, what the impact is, and what this, you know, give them a sense of how this world is different for them because of you and or give them the sense of how the, the world would be not such a good place without you in it for them, right? That is brand. It's, it's relationship and connection and this entity that exists between you. It's not something we can create. It's not something we can control, but it's something that we can influence. And we influence it by communicating with our audience in a way that relates to the conversations, emotions, I say the psychographics that are happening in their head. Uh, I, and I want to add, I'm, I'm rambling here. I get passionate about this, but you know, people think marketing is figuring out your demographic and getting your, not getting your ad in front of them enough. And, and honestly, demographic is just how you figure out where to market, but it's not how you market. How we market to people is by understanding the psychographics, their beliefs, their values, their emotions, their concerns, their fears, all of those things. Um, and, and, you know, in coming up, you know, I use this, I use this analogy in my course. When we're talking about how to market, how to get attention in this like noisy world and how to build a brand 
in this noisy world of marketing stuff, right? Um, how do we get noticed? How do I get a follower? How do I get a lead? How do I get a customer? Well, the first thing is to stop thinking about those particular objectives and to ask yourself, what do they need, right? And I liken, I liken marketing to a cocktail party. Okay, go with me on this analogy because you and I are in B&I together, Justin. Mm -hmm. And you know when you walk into a B&I meeting and you see these little small groups of people, there's groups of two over here or six yep. over there or four over here. And the first time you walk into a networking room and you're by yourself and you just feel that sense of, 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 of you know, I, I need to attach to a group here. I need somebody to talk yeah, to so I don't feel anxiety. so alone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what do we do? Well, we tend to float around the room and we listen. We listen for a conversation that sounds like it's a topic that we can add some value to because we know if we add or interject with some value to that conversation, it ups our chances that this group of strangers is going to let us in and let us be part of the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. I think of marketing in the same way, except instead of breaking into a cocktail party, there's already at any one time at least two conversations happening in your prospect's mind, right? There's the thing they're doing right now, and there's the biggest emotional concern of their life. So if we can understand what those things are, we can break into the conversation by being relevant to those, one of those two conversations happening in their brain. So, you know, I, I, I kind of went on a long tangent from, from brand, what is brand to how to create a brand, right? But that brand is that entity. If you want to create that entity between you and your audience, then you need to know what's going on in their heart. You're not ready to market until you know how they feel. Yeah. And I think when you, when people think that they have a brand, they're injecting their own thoughts and mm. their own biases into it because that's what they view and that's what they feel that should be in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the, there's a disconnect in that, uh, and and I personally went through that when I first started um, in in photography and the way you know I I originally positioned everything. I thought, oh, you know, I'm I'm at a place where it's approachable. Um, you know, it's mid mid-end um you know and that we were you know uh fun loving group and you know it wasn't until i went later on down the road in in 20, 2008 or so um when i i got around to doing some market research talking mm -hmm. to people and discovered that the perception was is that we were a high-end brand mm. um and and something that you know like i i came to realize at that point um that Brand is really a combination of all the things that you do, the way you interact with people mm. subconsciously, not what you consciously put out there, but what are you subconsciously um, doing, acting, uh, you know, uh, saying, mm -hmm. you know, both in person, but uh, online, subliminally, the way that your stuff looks, um, you know, all point towards uh, the perception and the persona that, you know, becomes brand. And there's a disconnect for some people because the way they present themselves to the world versus how they view themselves mm. um, is, is something that I think a lot of people need to take a step back and really um, be more curious. discerning. Yeah, more curious about, mm -hmm. you know, what it is that they're doing. And I always tell people, if you've got people that you really love, if you have a tribe of raving fans, you should ask them. Because Absolutely. nothing beats real world data. Absolutely. Right? 
Absolutely. You must, you must ask them. In fact, you ask your inner circle, we call it inner circle market research. Um, you ask your inner circle market research, you know, why they, it, 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 here's the thing. It's actually, a, a, it's a, a pre-conversation before the questions is important. You want to try to get that customer in the mindset or hearken them back, remind them about life before you. Hey, remember when we met? Like, what was that? You know, tell me about that time. What was the challenge? You know, what, what had happened with that last photographer? Tell me about that again. Get them back in that place. And then ask them, like, you know, what was the state? of photography for you then? What was the goal? What was the, you know, objective? What did you want to have happen? What was in the way of you getting that to happen? What was, um, not only what was in the way, you know, uh, you know, what was the change that you would like to have seen in that photographer? All the answers to those questions are all headlines. Those are the things people want. Mm -hmm. Those are the things people want from you as a photographer. Uh, I remember when I met you the first time, I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember where we first met? when we first officially met yeah uh we we met as ajac nights that's right that's yeah. right you were mm -hmm. you were working the the event and yeah. and um what a great event that is right i can't wait for social distancing to be over for, for that event and yeah, what a great absolutely. cause um yeah and i remember what struck me as somebody who's been in marketing for a long time i've worked with a lot of photographers i've been in bni a long time so i've met a lot of photographers um i was a model so you know photography i was like yeah lots of photographers and I remember um, what struck me was like, I hadn't even seen your work, but I was ready to refer you because of how organized you were and professional you were in terms of not only how you conducted yourself with guests. I think there's lots of photographers who are good at that, but I got a sense very, very quickly about your business systems. And that really um, intrigued me because I had some very talented photographers that took six months to get me photos. <laughs> right. So you never know what your client values is the point. Mm -hmm. right? Um, what is their focal point? What is the big need in their world? What is the change they seek? How will doing business with you make their life and their business or their existence easier, better, more fulfilling? Like that's what they're buying. Yep. 100%. Yeah. So then where's the, the destination for Rex as, as now you've got, uh, uh, sort of not, I wouldn't say lower tier, but you have yeah. a, a more uh, available, um, you know, product uh, mm -hmm. available for people to, to kind of get their feet wet and, and kind of get into that ecosystem and work their way up to uh, an agency, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and then of course you have the white glove, you know, full, mm -hmm. full service agency, you know, where, where do you see yourself heading next? Where, where, mm. what's new on the, what's coming on the horizon uh, for you or the industry uh, as mm -hmm. you see? Those are two different things. It's on the horizon in the industry. Cause I've spent a little bit of time um, in some agency groups and going to a few agency meetups and, and uh, hearing what's going on. And what they'll tell you is that, you know, at every level of business size, um, companies are focusing their budgets on strategy and finding ways to do tactical things in-house. So that's what's happening in the industry. Um, but in terms of what's going on for Rex, you know, I have to, in order to give context to this, I have to share a little bit about why I'm in marketing and also why I hate marketing. <laughs> 
Um, I'm not somebody who is driven to be the trickiest, most persuasive marketer in the game. I had a very negative experience very early in my career, two or three years in, with a company that I was working for and I was developing demonstration materials and marketing content and messaging and visual aids for somebody who was pitching a dot-com product. And my work directly contributed to them being able to raise multiple millions of dollars from investors. And I looked at investors in the eyes and I believed in what I was selling and they gave, they wrote the checks. And that company never launched a product and the CEO was siphoning money out of the country and that company closed its doors one day and all of us were out paychecks and all those investors were without um, all of those multiple millions of dollars. It was an awful experience. And uh, I made a commitment that I was going to work with only with companies who truly wanted to create value for people. I, I swear, I don't know. Can I swear on your podcast? Hey, you can swear. I swear all the time. Okay. So I only wanted to work with people who give a shit about people. And uh, that was as refined as my impact statement was back then. And, you know, 20 years later, um, where I'm at now is I realized, oh, here's the thing. We started, the, I started Rex Marketing and Design, the full service agency three years ago. And I, you know, had my mission. I wanted to build brands for companies that wanted to uh, take care of their employees and take care of their audience. And I wanted to like grow those brands. Cool. Um, but I sort of fell into the agency trap of thinking that we need to have bigger and bigger clients and bigger and bigger budgets to do better and better work. Uh, and thankfully I was introduced to, um, uh, I don't know if anybody here would follow Chris Doe from the future. Uh, the future is here is their handle on uh, Instagram and they're an agency who's turned into an education company for creatives. And I had a chance to talk to Chris Doe and I said, you know, how do you bust past that sort of five to eight people, that $1 million mark in revenue and the, the bigger accounts. And, and he's like, you know, well, why do you want to do that? Well, I want to do, I want to do more. I want to have better impact, more impact. Like we can only do so much with what we've got. And he's like, really? Could you do more with what you got? And I was like, huh. And I didn't have an answer, but it paused me in my spot. And that's really when I committed to the course. Um, and so, you know, for me, my vision, what I love about marketing is that we can help small and medium sized businesses. They don't have to be these big, huge brands. We can help these businesses become more successful. What does that mean in our communities? Well, first of all, 98% of British Columbians are employed by a small business. 76% I think of Canadians are. And so when we help these small businesses grow and or become more sustainable, we are helping human beings who are our neighbors, who are our friends, who are, you know, in our country. Like we help our economy. And not only that, when people work for a local small business, they have a direct connection to the impact that they're making, the people that they're Im impacting in their job every day. And people who know who they're impacting and can feel a sense of, of, um, uh, of their impact, they go home more fulfilled. Fulfilled people are happy. All of these things are good for our communities. That's what I care about. I know it sounds kind of ridiculous and maybe abstract for some people, but that's what I care about. And so in terms of what's next for Rex, it's like, I'm, all on the Simon Sinek train. I don't care what I do. I care why I do it. So that's the why. So how do we do more of it for more people? And so for us, we have the agency, the company that's like, I'm overwhelmed, take the reins, help. We have the course for the person who's like, I, for whatever reason, that's, I'm not ready for an agency. 
And the thing that we're launching now is our guide program, which is we've got this eight, eight phase business to brand framework. We'll do it for you or we'll teach you or let's do it together and we'll guide you through it and we'll provide that feedback. So you'll get a better quality um, product because you're professional in your back pocket than if you were to do it alone. And not only that, you can pull the parachute. You're like, this piece I'm not good at, not my strength zone. Can you get the agency to do that? And now because we've taken them through our process and they filled in the gaps that need to be done, there isn't that big $20,000 barrier to entry to us working together. We can just pick up the ball where you guys left off and, and help you, you know, massage a little bit and pass it back. So that's really where we're going. We just want to figure out how to help more businesses. Amazing. And I don't think it's woo-woo because I, we, we believe in the same. Um, for, for me, it's about creating impact in the community. And, and mine maybe is mm -hmm. a little bit more self-serving. Um, I wanted to create a better community because my kid will ultimately be the one who lives in this community. Um, and, mm. and I would rather have the little guys win in our communities so that they contribute. And, mm. you know, you and I talked about this a little while back and, you know, when, when people are under heavy stress, they're not mm. able to give, they're not able to be abundant and, you know, impact the people around them because they're in survival mode. Absolutely. And so, you know, for us, much like you, we want to make the impact. And by helping business owners relieve that stress, they're going to be able to empower their employees, empower the communities, Absolutely. contribute, um, and be the driving force. Because I mean, this economy is, is going to grind to a halt without small business owners. Absolutely. Um, so you and I share the same war path. And I think that's a, a valuable part about it. Um, and, and I know that you know, you had reservations coming onto the show um, because you felt like, you know, you're, you're a marketing agency uh, and much like I am. Um, but I think that, you know, together as team um, and as, as people who believe in the same vision, you know, we collectively can work together um, in, in our different spheres and still do the same thing uh, mm -hmm. and help people throughout that journey. So I, I really think that you should be uh, super happy um, that that um, you know you're on that path. Thanks, man. And I'll say it's respect more than reservation. You know, a, a respect for where you're charting the course, and I I have a lot of respect for the fact that you are um, looking at a you're not defined by this box, this photography box, and you're just really figuring out what your impact is. That's one of the things, you know, let's talk about, I mean, if you don't mind, I'm here all of a sudden I'm here with you. Um, but like, you know, we are in BNI and we have a bunch of amazing marketers who have similar philosophies and, and marketers who have this sort of philosophy have a bigger context and they are in a strategic role, a partnership with their clients. And so, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, I feel as though as marketers, we all know where we fit. We all have our own strengths. It's just not necessarily clear to our referral partners in the chapter or to other people how we differentiate. And, and I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I've always said, like, let's not compete, let's collaborate. You know, who are we and how can we best serve this mission? How can we be, you know, shoulder to shoulder growing the same uh, trajectory or same success or the economy that whatever that is and make no mistake about it. My kids have come into play for sure. It's not like an, I always say when you, when you give somebody something, it's a selfish act because you get so much out of that feeling. Right. So I'm very connected to the fact that by having a purpose, I'm getting a lot of value out of that. Right. And, and, uh, 
I, I'm not, uh, I, I think the more of us who can, who can succeed by helping others, it's just going to contribute to more of what I was talking about, these fulfilled, happy communities. You know, I say like, like profitable and fulfilled, like not just financially profitable, but like connected and fulfilled communities. We spend a hundred percent of our time, either a customer of some place or an agent slash employee of some place. So if we can impact that, those two zones with better businesses that make better impact to people, woo, you know, let's do uh, it. I'm all for it. Totally two feet in. Um, <laughs> so I have a question that I generally try to ask a, a person um, when they're on the show. And yeah. uh, that is, if you were to pick a favorite resource, something that somebody could really sink their teeth into that's made a deep impact on you and oh. your business, what would you choose? Just one? Just one. I think people have, is going to have a long list of shit to go through. Like, <laughs> we, Do you think your team is primarily figuring out their marketing or are they trying to figure out how to lead people through this? Ooh, that's a good question. So, I mean, it might, I've got mean two. It, it might mean that we'd have to do another podcast, you know, mm. we, might have to, we might have to revisit this depending on what people ask. But I'm going to say for the most part, I think the people who are, are into this are, uh, looking for something not necessary to lead, but something to impact and move the needle on their own, you know, okay. business journey. All right. I want you to get this three pack of books by Simon Sinek. Start with Love why. It. That's the first one. Start with why. The second one is leaders eat last. And the third one is the infinite game. All three are brilliant books. I love them. Brilliant books, brilliant mm -hmm. books. And they are, I think I, I snuck a little sneak attack on the leadership piece there, which I do think is a huge part of brand. You are not going to be able to build a brand on your own. Um, one of my favorite mentors is John Maxwell. Uh, you know, he says one is too small a number for greatness. And so if you can't figure out how to rally your team, you do not have a brand. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It starts from the inside out. If you don't have evangelists on the inside, it's hard to find an evangelist on the outside. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me here on the show today. I know we could talk for hours, but you know, I don't want it. I, I, I want people to, you know, hang on for dear life and want to know more about it. So we might have to revisit <laughs> another conversation on another day. Uh, for those people who are looking to connect with Allison, you can find the link in our podcast uh, description below. And uh, feel free to connect with her. She is on Instagram and she's on, um, uh, I believe you guys are on Twitter. Yes. Yep, we're on Twitter, Facebook, yep. Instagram, LinkedIn. They're everywhere. Just keep looking out for it. Um, you can follow the the agency, which is start with Rex. Um, you know, and or you can follow Allison on um, Allison J Bran, I believe, that is right. on Instagram. Uh, and you know, you join her mail list. Uh, find out a little bit more about how to develop uh, your brand and uh, get started in building a better community. I think that's going to be uh, the 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 thing that we're we want you to take away is that. Uh, mm. At the end of the day, we just want you to impact others uh, and serve others because I think that that's ultimately what's most important for us. Believe in your ability to do that. That's what I want. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thank you, Justin. That was fun. That was good. <laughs>